Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Turnbuckle Takeover Podcast, number 17. This is my third try trying this. I uh, I accidentally hit the record button, and Nikki woke up. So, here we go with number three try on this. Hopefully this one will work. I'm going to get right into Raw. We're not going to waste no time this week. It's going to get right into Raw. Raw Underground. I was going to keep a spill on this. I've actually (laughs) flipped out about this twice already trying to record this. This probably was the stupidest thing I've ever seen on a professional wrestling show. MMA, WWE, two different things. They should be handled as two different things. They should be... Never put together on the same show. And here we go. We have the Raw Underground with Shane McMahon, who I was excited for to see on Sunday morning when I woke up, was going to be on Raw Monday nights. And this is what we got. We got a Fight Club movie mixed with MMA theatrics. But it was mixed with pro wrestling. So that's where the pulled punches stuff comes in. This was probably the worst thing I think I've ever seen them do. Minus the Mark Henry and and Mae Young giving birth to a hand. That's the best way to describe this. I've never in the history of professional wrestling seen something so dumb as what I watch. In fact, I was on the verge of turning Raw off, but I didn't because I want to do this show, and I want to give you the best outlook on the show under my opinion. But this is one thing that I prayed to God when, yes, I knew the Brawl for All happened. I understand that. But that was real. This is a staged MMA fight club underground way to maybe get the Hurt Business over. And I hope that's what it's for. I hope it gets Lashley, MVP, and Shelton over as legitimate badasses. But I can't buy into this. I can't defend it. If people were to come up to me that aren't wrestling fans and say, Billy, I just watched probably the movie, and I'm gonna look. I'm cut. I'm gonna cut them off. I'm gonna be like, yeah, um, you can stop right there. I'm with you 100%. I will not defend something if I don't think it means something in pro wrestling. First off, you, you this was the the cutscenes of the camera it was. It looked so movieish. It looked. It's like they tried to take those movie cinematics over to this. But it came off looking like a UFC or MMA movie. Like, Knockdown or, or, or one of them, like, training, like, guy comes back for the fight, he wins, blah, blah, blah. Or he never had a fight before and he wins. You know, it's, it's the underdog story. There was nothing underdog about this. There was nothing good about this, honestly. I actually had people text me, you are going to stop watching wrestling because of this. And trust me, I was livid. Now, with that being said, if this comes out to be something worth a shit, 
then hey, I was wrong. But at the rate it's going right now, we're in some big trouble. This is not this is not good. Because it wasn't done good. If it had been staged as a again I use the word staged. If it was staged as a real fight and it was taken as a real fight, then okay, maybe. But this doesn't this this did nothing. This was watching two dudes who I I mean, yeah, I knew Ziggler, but I don't know the other dude. And then this big guy shoes up out of nowhere, which is an Evolve worker. And I'm going to get more details on him next week. Actually, I'm going to get details on him today when I read it. Read about him. If this isn't built for the Hurt Business, this isn't built for anything but a waste of time. And if they do it for an hour a week, I'm definitely not going to watch Raw Live. It's hard enough to do it without it. Let alone with it. So that's my rant on the Raw Underground. <laughs> Watch it if you like it. We all enjoy wrestling. Some enjoy other things more than others. <sighs> but this was just bad. <laughs> B-A-D. No one can text me and tell me any different. Because if you thought this was good, then maybe either I'm out of touch with what a wrestling fan wants, or you're out of touch with what wrestling is. So... <laughs> And also, don't defend it either. Don't come at, don't, do not try to have a defending match with me. I will blast you on this. <laughs> like, I just don't care. Like, you're, there's nothing that anybody in this world could tell me that would make that look good. Other than maybe the Hurt Business getting involved at the end and destroying everybody. Maybe. So let's get into Nia Jax. Let's get into some women's stuff. She got suspended on Raw, which is based off of a storyline. What funny thing is, she'd be real. Because all she does is hurt people. Can't, I mean, I can't count. I've lost count about how many people she's actually hurt. Now they're doing a storyline to suspend her. For <laughs> what? She can't stay on TV long enough. <laughs> it's it's They do things... I think they're really trying to cater to the kids. And when I mean kids, I mean kids. I mean the four or five, six, seven, eight year old who doesn't care what these people are talking about, except for the fact they want to see some wrestling. So every once in a while, you're going to get that. But ah, uh, we're going to give you a bunch of acting too. It, the acting should be done in the ring. You know, wrestlers have this stink on them sometimes of being horrible actors. They're really not horrible actors. They're actually very good actors. But they're trained to act for what they do, not to be an actor in Hollywood. And there is two, wrestling and being an actor in Hollywood, two totally different things. The Rock has done well. Hulk Hogan, who's the biggest name in the business, not so well. <laughs> you know, so, I don't know. Uh, Montel's Ford passed out, and I'm assuming this is, um, I guess he's, <laughs> did his food get poisoned by the new faction? I don't know. This was like Shawn Michaels' own heart. Uh, I guess that would be 96. Yeah. So, I haven't seen this angle played out very much other than Flair having a heart attack in WCW ring that one time, which some say that was real and some say that was fake. 
so that has a believable line to it. This does not. Tell me why they would poison Montez Ford, this new group called Retribution. Okay, well, Retribution sounds like revenge to me. What revenge do you need on Montez Ford? When I don't even know who's in the group yet. This is something that should have been played out after they debuted. Now, do I like what the little backstage segment thing they did where they tried to take out the light grid so the show would go black? I get it. Cool. So they're pissed at the company. So I sat here and I tried to figure out, well, what four or five guys would be pissed at the company? Probably majority of the guys who have been in NXT. Because most of them ain't even on TV. Let's take Tomasa Ciampa, for example. He'd be perfect for this. He doesn't want to go to the main roster, but Jesus, he would be the leader probably, and it would probably come off really good and make him look really good. So I like new groups debuting. I'm going to give this a world. What I'm not going to give is that Raw Underground shit or the Nia Jack stuff. Anything. You know, and let's get to Dominique attacking Rollins real quick before I get off of Raw. Dominique has been training to be a wrestler. Rollins is one of the best wrestlers. I see this coming off as a tag match. You're probably looking at probably Dominique and Mysterio against Rollins and Murphy at SummerSlam. It is just right in front of you. At least there was an angle built about this. Problem is, I don't know if Dominique's ready for the ring. Could be like Mysterio. Could just get it, hold on to it, and be good with it. But... I want to see where this goes a little bit more storyline. It makes sense. Do I need the storyline? Nah, I'm kind of tired of hearing about the eye being out of socket and all this stuff. So that's Raw this week. Um, I mean, if you want to give it out of a 10, I mean, I'll give it a, I don't know. I mean, I'd have to give it a three or four. It was probably one of the worst Raws I've ever watched. Nothing to me other than that group debuting. And I don't even know who they are. They're like the only ones that really did anything for me. So. Uh, also, guys, remember, like, hit, subscribe, turnbuckle, takeover. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your dog. I don't care. Um, massive views on Spotify this past week, so thank you for that. I'm sorry I didn't get it to the YouTube rendering. <sighs> we have one computer in the house. So the only time that I really can get to, to doing this is early in the morning when Nikki's asleep. She likes to play her games. So I get to do the podcast when she's not on it. So anyway, like, hit subscribe. Do all that for me. I would greatly appreciate it. I don't even care if you didn't like the episode. <laughs> At least acknowledge you didn't like the episode. Tell me what I can do better. Uh, I'm going to keep saying that to you guys every week. I want this show to get better. Hopefully when this pandemic's over, I can travel, take the show on the road, do some road shows with some guys, and this this, this is going to get good eventually. It's going to get real good eventually. So I know you guys are probably tired of hearing me talk sometimes, but this is the podcast. This is my opinion on professional wrestling. Um, if you don't want to listen to it, you don't have to. <laughs> so it's simple as that. Um Let's go ahead to Impact this week. I'm going to go right down the line. Uh, that was Monday for Raw. Tuesday we're at Impact. And after coming off the Raw, uh, let's call it the Raw Hangover. Because I felt like I was on a hangover all day after watching that shit. Impact wasn't bad this week. It wasn't the um, 
knockdown drag out shows that they have been having. Uh, like I said earlier, when I started a podcast, this week's wrestling, other than AEW, was just <sighs> started off with Moose versus Heath Miller. His real name was Heath. Well, his, his working name was Heath Slater in WWE. Moose won with a low blow. Um, the the storyline with Heath is he's going to be chasing a contract for Impact, but he's going to keep losing. I don't like this because this seems like back to the WWE ways for Heath. Heath left the WWE to get away from this. So, Impact could have made him look like, I don't know, a pretty good mid-level guy. I'm not saying he's main event material at all. But what he is, he's a good hand. I mean, I don't like using that, but it's true. Like, Heath can bump, and Heath can, he's got a few good moves. He's a little bit more of a brawler than I'd like him to be, but I get what he's doing. He's fighting for his life, he's fighting for his kids, and he's fighting for a contract. It makes sense. Storyline, do I like it? No. And then I mean I have to like everything. Because I don't like everything. Um, But yeah, I mean, it was good for what, I mean, it makes sense. He got fired by WWE, I mean, at least it makes sense. If it makes sense, I can handle it. What doesn't make sense to me is a bunch of guys running around in an MMA-style looking ring trying to act like they're MMA fighters when they, half of them never had MMA training in their life. Then, next thing on Impact to talk about is probably going to be EC3 and Moose. It looks like to me that every promo I see EC3 cut is the way to get rid of TNA's name. I love it. Makes sense. He's like, I mean, there's a handful of guys that were in TNA. And I mean just a handful. Like actual TNA. EC3's one of them. So if anybody's going to destroy it, why not be the one whose family created it? It makes sense. It just does. It gets the TNA name completely away for good, and Impact can either find a three-letter wrestling name or stick with Impact Wrestling. I mean, I don't... Either way, it doesn't matter. I don't even know what you would call it, Impact Championship Wrestling, but there's already a promotion named that. So I don't... It's going to be interesting to see. Uh, Russell House. Now... This could be very interesting. It is done as a funny haha joke. That's it. That's all I got for you. It, it's it's like the equivalent of Just one, like, Legends House. I, I, like, I don't know what, to, what, what way to put this. I think it's a spoof on the Legends House, and they did it jokingly. But the joke's a little old, because Legends House had an opening. I don't know. It's one big house. Everybody's in it. And they're all joking around with each other. Somehow there's a match with some kind of disagreement. I don't know. I, I don't really care for this either. Honestly, I didn't even pay attention to it that much. That's probably why I don't have really much to say about it. Because it didn't intrigue my interest at all. Um. Yeah, that's really all I can say about that. It's kind of like the Raw Underground thing. I did. I don't really care for it. I don't. Th it's a wasted time on television. I understand they're trying to fill gaps because um, it's the pandemic. It's hard to get the whole roster in one spot. So this is a good filler for time. Just not what I think I would fill my time with. 
uh, maybe a real serious interview, and the same thing goes for WWE. I used to like their serious interviews that JR used to do. Um, like the one with Mankind sticks out in my mind. The one with Dustin Rhodes sticks out in my mind. Those were real organic interviews. You can get a good 10 minutes out of that. Well, that's about what the time the Russell House thing is. I would actually scratch this Russell House thing along with Raw Underground. Both of those things need to be scratched right now, period, end of discussion. Um, so, this was interesting. Eddie Edwards is going to defend the world title every week on Impact, which gives a reason for people to watch Impact. Makes sense. Sammy Callahan comes out to answer the challenge. RVD attacks him. We're going to get RVD and Sammy Callahan in an angle. Finally, something for Van Dam to do. He literally has done nothing in the last two to three months. Nothing. He's, his girl's been in a match. He's been walking around the ring. He's done nothing. I want to see RVD back in the ring. If you're going to pay a star that kind of money that they pay him, I think he should be on TV. RVD can, is like the only ECW guy that can still halfway go. And I just mean halfway. I'm not saying he can go full throttle RVD. But he can go half RVD, and half RVD is better than whole guys that can go 100%. So we'll see where this goes. I'm really intrigued with this. I think these guys may have a good match. Um... And then on to Rick Swan. This was the end of Impact. Again, there was not much on Impact this week, along with Raw. Uh, Rick Swan comes out to announce his retirement. As you know, he's been playing... Well, he actually got hurt for real. But for the last month, he's been playing an angle where he's still hurt. But really, he's fully healed. He went to announce his retirement in the ring. Everybody was surrounded in the ring. They were clapping for him. Yay. They helped him out of the ring. And as he got to the entranceway, boom! Eric Young come beat the crap out of him. And it looked real. It looked believable. And I bought it. And now we have an angle. Now we have two people feuding. Something makes sense. See, I mean, I gotta give Impact credit. Everything they're doing makes sense. I know you guys don't watch Impact. And I just don't know how or why you don't. Like, especially now. You don't watch Impact now. You're, you're, <laughs> you're living under a rock somewhere. Or you just don't understand professional wrestling. Because the last two months of their television has been exactly what everybody in this pandemic should have been doing. Same thing with AEW. For some reason, WWE can't, they, they just can't grasp that there's no crowd in, in, in the arena. They've got to get over that. And just wrestle. Because that's what AEW's been doing and that's what Impact's been doing. Slight little tweaks in Impact's television would be great. But all in all, during the pandemic, AEW's number one, Impact's number two, and WWE is way down number three. And I mean way down. They, they haven't created any stars. They haven't really, there's been no returns. We just now got a new faction. There's been nothing interesting. It's literally, put this guy against that guy, see how it goes. That's it. That was Impact this week, folks. We're going to move right on into AEW Dynamite. No time to be wasted. Orange Cassidy versus Jericho. The great debate. And out comes Eric Bischoff. I was like, what? <laughs> I had heard rumblings of it being an ex-WWE guy. or, But seeing Eric Bischoff on TNT for the first time in what? Jesus Christ. I mean, 20 years? <laughs> 2000? 2000, yeah. 19 years Eric Bischoff has not had his body shown on TNT. 
it was so weird but cool at the same time. Drew Massive Viewers, it's a one-time deal, so don't get scared, folks. He's not taking over the booking. Thank God. <laughs> so, uh, Orange Cassidy versus Jericho. It, Orange Cassidy cutting that promo was fantastic. This guy's got some character. I don't... His work in the ring's not bad. He's just so small. Like, that's the only beef I have with him. If the guy was, like, three or four inches taller... I would buy this guy and be in probably the next biggest star in the professional wrestling business. He's over. I'm sorry. If you're over, you're over. Um, this was good. This just had a lot of talk back and forth. I mean, this this is just a setup for um, the big rematch that they're going to have, I'm assuming very soon. Uh, so we'll see where this goes. This is just a continuation of their feud. And it was done well, and Bischoff did a great job. Made it look serious. I liked it. Uh, there was a 12-man tag match. Uh, it was basically... I would... You can't call them the Bullet Club, but it was. It was... It was. It's the Elite. It's Paige, Omega, the Bucks. But then you had FDR teaming with them against the whole Dark Order. The Dark Order won. I was shocked until the... Like... Seeing... <laughs> seeing FTR carry Hangman to the back while the Bucks and Omega stayed in the ring... All that did was queue up the Four Horsemen deal. I don't know if they're going to be called the Four Horsemen, okay? Let me just be honest. I don't know that. I know that Comrade Thompson owns the Four Horsemen name. So I don't know if they would work out a deal with Conrad or not. Probably. We'll see where this goes. But I will guarantee you this. If it's not Cody, it's going to be MJF. But it's going to be FTR and Hangman Page guaranteed in a faction, in a group. And I'm excited for it. I think it, it it's going to be really good. I wish they would sign FTR to a full contract. I don't know what they've got to do to convince these guys um, to do that. Um, we'll see. Um, this was a good match. Uh, this was, uh, it was, sometimes it got a little mixed up. There was a lot of people in the ring. There was 12 guys, so it got a little, you know, confined for a while. But everybody hit their moves. Um, the Dark Order looked pretty good. Uh, it was the first time I was actually really invested in what they did. Uh, I want Brody Lee to be able to, to show what he can do, and sometimes in every promotion he's been in, he gets lost in the shuffle somehow. Uh, maybe not so much with AEW now, but we'll see. Uh, you had Cody and Matt Cardona, a.k.a. Broski, a.k.a. Michael Jordan of wrestling figure collecting, versus the last two members of Dark Order that weren't in the first match. Um, this was a squash. It, this was just to get Matt some ring time, maybe shake the rust off. We'll see where this goes. Again, I still think Cody and Matt are going to end up turning on. One of them's going to turn on each other. I don't know which one it's going to be. Uh, best friends versus Santina, uh, Santana and Ortiz. Best friends won. Um, I'm a little concerned about Ortiz and Santana here. They look like they're getting the short end of the stick as far as wins. Um, they're part of the inner circle, so it doesn't matter if a heel wins or loses or not. However, um, I'm starting to see them lose some traction. I don't want to see that for them guys because they're really good workers. Um, they're really good at what they do. And they were probably Impact's second best tag team that they had when they were there. Um, so this, 
I don't know. We'll see where it goes. Hopefully, them guys start to pick up some more traction because they were hugely over when it, AEW first started. Um, best friends, uh, they're getting behind them. I hate to say it, but I really do see them winning the tag titles before a lot of tag teams that should. So, we'll see. Uh, I'm okay with Trent. Uh, Chucky Taylor, uh, he's cool. Funny to watch on the being the elite, but I'm not a big fan of Chuck Taylor. Uh, Trent Beretta, definitely. All day long. Uh, Moxley and Darby Allen. This was a pretty decent match. MJF got involved. He hit Moxley with the belt. Tried to help Darby Allen win because he feels like Darby Allen would be an easier beat than Moxley would be. Probably, I guess it would be all out. So, this had good storyline. This made sense. This was exactly how you should build your next main event. I mean, it's as simple as that. That's that's how you do it. Now, let's get into NXT. I was going to sit here and write this long NXT thing out. I'm not going to. We all know what's been going on. Pat McAfee. Adam Cole been on Pat, Pat McAfee's podcast. They started a little angle on there. I had people question me, is it a work? Is it real? At first, I wasn't exactly sure. Then as like the day, that same day progressed, I realized it was definitely a work after watching it a couple of times and knowing that there were past interviews that really never got that much mainstream coverage. McAfee kicked the living shit out of Cole. I don't know if the camera angle made it look better than what it was, but that was the best thing on NXT. Until the staged Triple H push on McAvee. I liked it. I don't know. It's going to draw eyes to NXT. That's a bit, I mean, that's, that's it. It's Pat McAvee. I mean, I, I don't know. I hate it. I don't just, I don't agree with it. I hope this guy's been training because he's about to get it. If he hurts Adam Cole in that ring, I'm going to go ballistic. <laughs> so, I hope they're protecting Adam Cole, and I hope this turns into, like, maybe a four-on-four -four match with the Undisputed Era involved, and McAvee hires three NXT guys to help him out, which would probably be, I guess, Keith Lee and who are Dominic Vukovic. I, I mean, I, it could be anybody. So, that's NXT this week. I mean, we'll see where this Pat McAfee thing goes if you're into them bringing NFL guys in. It does draw mainstream coverage, so we'll see where it goes. And I know they're trying to pull the stops out to try to beat AEW on Wednesday night. Good luck. <laughs> so, I mean, AEW is just, they're on point right now. They just are. I'm sorry. It's just, they're putting the most compelling and interesting TV, and not that even that it's that interesting. It's the fact that it's more interesting than everything else that's going on. So let's get into SmackDown. Two bullet points for SmackDown. The rest of the show is the drizzling shits. Uh, Matt Riddle versus Sheamus. Chad Gable attacks Matt Riddle. I guess they're going to start a feud. Which, I guess Gable and Sheamus are going to be... I, I At this point, I have no idea what WWE's doing. <laughs> I try. But um, I'm going to read more into this. I'm not going to bash it. See where it goes. Um, now, The Fiend and Alexa Bliss. Is she Sister Abigail? I am not 110% sure. Nah. 
I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know if I would hope that's where you go with it. Maybe he, um, I don't know, hypnotizes or puts them in some kind of trance or something. And they become friends of the fiend. Ah, got me on all this. So, we'll see where it goes. Uh, that was SmackDown. SmackDown really did not have anything going on. So, let's go ahead. Uh, this episode is not going to be one hour long today. Uh, I've got some things to do. That's why I've kind of been rushing through it. Uh, next week's will be better. Be an hour long. This one's about a half hour long. So, top SummerSlam matches of all time. Number five, the Mega Powers versus the Mega Bucks. This was the start of the feud between Hogan and Savage. You didn't see any, like, real, like, start of it. But you seen the seed was planted. Uh, you could see the jealousy kind of starting in on Savage with, with Elizabeth. So, uh, that's why I had to put it on the list. That, that, that is the start of one of the biggest angles in wrestling. Number four, Brett versus Mr. Perfect. We all know about this feud. We all seen this match. Uh, just the pop the crowd gave. When I went back and watched the other day, I was like, man, SummerSlam 91 was just, it, it doesn't get its, um, just do sometimes. So, um, number three, the Dudleys versus the Hardys versus Edge and Christian TLC. I mean, what do you say? Three of the best tag teams ever work in the business. TLC, one of the most dangerous matches ever. These guys put it all on the line. They always did every time they got in the ring. The match speaks for itself. Just go watch it. Um, Shawn Michaels versus Triple H, the, re the the first match that Michaels had at SummerSlam. When he returned, this match was awesome. It had a story. It was the return of the HBK. Triple H was on his A game in his prime. Such a fantastic match. It was an unsanctioned match that they threw out the, everything. So, good stuff. And number one on the list, brother versus brother. Owen versus Brett. Steel Cage. SummerSlam 94, yeah, the involvement of British Bulldog in the match kind of ruined it a little bit. Brett still won, but just a fantastic storyline. Very well done. Brother versus brother. I mean, who doesn't want to watch Brother versus Brother? I mean, it's, it's just easy. That's the top five for this week. I'm your host, Billy Bailey. I hope you guys continue to come back every other week. Probably the shortest show I've ever done. Uh, but, um, just guys, there really just wasn't much going on this week. Um, if you're into figure collecting, go check out Walmart. You should be getting your AEW figures on the pegs very soon. They're having problems. They're having distribution issues. Uh, there's just such demand for them. So, uh, there's a little wrestling merchandise tidbit for you guys. Uh, they're really cool looking. I think they're gonna be great to collect. Uh, so I've had a lot of people hit me up say, Hey man, you heard anything about these figures? Uh, best I got is Walmart's having major problems distributing them. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I love you guys. Thanks for listening to the turnbuckle takeover podcast. I will see you next week with a bigger and better episode. So keep in touch, stay tuned, take a look at Facebook. Usually it's either going to be Saturdays or Sundays. I do the show from now on. 
So I love you guys, and thank you all for watching. To all the wrestling fans out there, hopefully next week is better. I'm your host, Billy Bailey. I'll see you next week.